0: Today I want you to turn with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1. And as you're finding that scripture verse in the Word, in the Bible, I want to just pray for all of us. Father, we come to you in the matchless name of Jesus. We ask you to impart into our spirit that which we need at this moment and at this time. I pray, Father, that you would just release in us the unction of the Spirit, that we may have the liberty and the freedom to speak what you would want said. Make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer and help us to receive and to retain that which is given to us. Help us to be doers of the word, to walk in the light as you are faithful to give it to us. We thank you, Father, and we praise you. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Someone said amen. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more more. So Paul was in the city of Thessalonica for a short period of time according to the book of Acts. He may have been there only for a few weeks but while he was there he taught these new believers many things including how they ought to walk. In other words how they should conduct themselves, or how they should behave, how they should order their affairs as followers of Christ. And if you notice that phrase again, if you can put verse 1 up on the screen for me, it says, how you ought to walk and to please God. That is not referring to two separate things. That's one thing. He means how you should walk in order to please God. How we live, not just what we believe, is important to God. Can I get an amen? Know this. There is a difference between being loved by God and being pleasing to God Come on are you here today I said there's a difference between being loved by God and being pleasing to God God loves you unconditionally glory But that does not necessarily mean he loves everything you do Are you out there Amen Do not confuse God's affections for God's approval I said, do not confuse God's affections for God's approval. See, there is nothing that you can do to cause God to love you more. Come on, am I speaking to anybody here today? Come on, some of you look like a photograph. I said, there's nothing you can do to cause God to love you more. There is something you can do to cause God to be more pleased with you. And that's what this verse is talking about. Now hold that thought in your mind. Let's look at another verse or part of a verse in the book of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. In this verse, Paul is praying for believers in this church at Colossae, and it's valid for us today. And he prayed that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will, or the knowledge of God's will. Now, since Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to pray this prayer, this is scripture, and all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Since Paul was inspired to pray this prayer, it must be God's will for you to know God's will. Otherwise, why would he pray that way? that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. It must be God's will for you to know His will. And the Bible says in the first epistle of John, chapter five, verse 14, those of you who know the word well will remember this, it says if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And since knowing God's will is God's will, we can pray with confidence, show me your will. We can pray with confidence. We can expect God to hear and answer that prayer. And in Colossians 1.9, the word knowledge, that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. A little study here. The word knowledge in that verse is the Greek word, epignosis. It sounds like I said the word pig. It sounds very similar. Epignosis. And it doesn't just mean knowledge. It means full knowledge. Correct and accurate knowledge. You see, many Christians have only a vague, general understanding of God's will. You know, they know maybe one or two, three big points. But it's possible for us to know precisely what God would have us do in every situation. There should never be a time when you cannot discern God's will. Come on, it's real quiet in this spirit of faith church. I said, there should never be a time when you cannot discern and discover God's will for that particular situation. Are you out there today? All right, so he prayed that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Verse 9, But the next verse, Colossians 1, verse 10, tells us why that matters. Why should I know God's will? What what difference does it make? Some people think, well, if it's God's will, it'll just happen anyway, so they join Doris' day and sing, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. But that's not true. And Doris isn't preaching today, I am. And so, verse 10 tells us why. So as to walk, or in other words, so that we can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. See, you cannot please God if you don't know what he wants. You know, uh, sometimes like in the church, maybe like with the staff or something, they might do something that they think I want them to do, which I haven't asked them to do, And and, and they're surprised when I'm not completely happy because they didn't know what I wanted or or, or at least they were confused about it. So that that means to please God, you need to know something, what he wants. And what you think he wants may not be what he really wants. Anybody out there today? Every now and then you can say amen or hallelujah or if you want to jump up and shout and run around the building, you know, I might join you. But it's okay to be happy. I said amen. amen. So that means, notice this, to be fully pleasing to the Lord. If you or I as a believer can be fully pleasing to the Lord, then it stands to reason you could be partially pleasing to the Lord. He fully loves you, but he may not be fully pleased with what you're doing. Amen. Glory to God, shall I call the praise and worship team up here one more time, can we sing another song real quick? Amen, amen. So we need the will to do the walk. We need the will to do the walk so as to live a life that is worthy of the Lord. Now, we are not worthy or deserving of even the smallest blessing from God. That's not what he means. He said to live worthily, see, the the manner in which we live. Another translation says this. CEV says, then you will live a life that honors the Lord. That's this message. That's what this message is right there. God wants you and me to live a life that honors the Lord. I don't think you heard me, people. I think it's not penetrating deep enough here. God wants you and me to live a life that honors the Lord. Amen. See, living in the will of God is one of the clearest indications of deep reverence for God. Living in the will of God is one of the clearest indicators of having deep reverence and respect, fear of God. In other words, honoring God is not just singing a song, although that's good. Some people can't even do that, right? It's not just just mouthing words. Hmm? It's a life to be lived. Thank you, Brother Kevin. Anybody else want to join him today? Hallelujah. Amen. The greatest commandment in the law, according to Jesus, is to love God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your strength. And if you love someone, you will not want to displease him or her. Does anybody love anybody? Oh, it's so sad here, Lonely Hearts Club. I said, does anybody love anybody? Where are you today? Do, Do you love your children? Do you love your family? Do you love your wife? How many husbands love their wives? Oh, you are in trouble, you are in trouble, you're too slow. I said, how many husbands love their wives? Come on, you should be waving, waving that hand. How many wives love their husbands? (laughs) Extra point. (laughs) If you love someone, you would dread displeasing that person. You would not want to do that. I mean, sometimes you might have to do that, but you wouldn't want to do that. And if you love God, you will have a wholesome dread of displeasing Him. In other words, the whole world can be angry with you, but if God says, you'll be okay. Amen? (laughs) Now, how we live does not prove how much God loves us. It proves how much we love Him. How we live our lives does not prove how much God loves us because you can live you know, not, not really very good. You, you cannot be walking in God's will at all and He still loves you. He loved the world enough to send His Son to die for them. How we live does not prove God's love for us. It proves our love for Him. So in other words, don't sing there and say, Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then you live like the devil. And all the angels go. (laughs) That's my own verse. I just wrote that in the Bible. I love it. Again, 1 John 3, 18 says this, little children, and that's not talking about the covenant kids. Little children... Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Now, in this verse, the Apostle John is primarily referring to loving your brothers and sisters in Christ. But wouldn't the same principle hold true for loving God? So couldn't we paraphrase this? I don't think it would do any damage to Scripture, little children, Let us not love God only with our talk, but also with our walk. Amen. Our walk. I think you guys are smart enough to know I'm not talking about the style that you take steps on the road. I'm talking about the way you behave, your lifestyle. Right? our walk will either cause God to be glorified or vilified in the eyes of the world. Our behavior can draw men to Christ or repel them from Christ. In Romans chapter two, The Apostle Paul levied some very heavy accusations against the Jews. He said, you know, you you make your boast in the law. He's talking to the Jews. You make your boast in the law, but you dishonor God by breaking his law. And then he says in Romans 2, verse 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Sadly. That's also true concerning some people in the church world today. None of us want to be the reason. Why, why somebody goes to hell. See sinners are looking for an excuse. To reject the gospel. Don't give them one. Don't give them one. You are the only Bible some people will ever read. You are the gospel in high heels. You are the gospel in tennis shoes. Are you out there today? (laughs) Amen. So our daily walk, you don't have to look at me like you feel condemned. We're all together in the same boat going down the same river. Okay, Our daily walk is our loudest voice and our most eloquent sermon. Most people would rather see a sermon than to hear one. And the expression on your face proves that's true. Our daily walk is our loudest voice and our most eloquent sermon. And it will either be a help or a hindrance, a stepping stone or a stumbling block to sincere seekers of God. So it matters. It's real important. There is something irresistible about a man who lives to please God and not himself. There's something irresistible about that. There's something, I think even some people in the world even if they don't even, they don't even respect your beliefs. They don't, they don't even have any regard for, 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 for your, your, your profession of faith. But there is something that's convicting about someone who sacrificed everything for the name of God. It's a small man who lives only for himself. Know this, the self-centered life is the empty life. If you think your main goal in life is to fill your house with toys, you're going to be sadly disappointed. If that's all there is to life, what an empty bubble. Hmm? The man who lives for God, his heart whispers, my life is not my own. He died for me so that I can live for him. Praise the Lord. And living to please God is liberating. I said living to please God is liberating. It sets you free, both from the criticism as well as the praise of men. Come on, you don't have to live your life looking over your shoulder. Do you approve of me? Do you like me? Some people, they have that, that hollow look on their face that seems to say, do you like me? Am I okay? Am I doing all right? How do, what a sad way, because, sad way to live because when you have that weakness, mischievous people will take advantage of it and they'll control you, they'll manipulate you. Do you know there's a lot of manipulative people in this world and if you have an insecurity, they know how to push your buttons through guilt and intimidation. You know, hey, if you, if you don't do what I want, I may not approve of you. I may not like you. And you know, they, they, they struggle. And here's the thing, you can never please them all. They'll never be happy. But if you're living to please God, oh, I don't like that sermon. It's okay. I'm saying what he wanted me to say. I didn't really like the song this morning. That's okay. I wasn't singing about you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't like the way you're dressed. That's okay. My body's a temple of God. I'm not sure about your body. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 again, but I'm going to read from another translation. We taught you. It's important. We taught you how to live in harmony with God's design for life. See, that's interesting. When Paul was with these people, only like a few weeks, it could have been as little as three weeks because he spoke in in the synagogue for three Sabbath days, probably more than that. Short time. What did he talk about? We taught you how to live in harmony with God's design for life. To live in harmony with God's purposes, we must come into agreement with Him, thinking as He does. To come into agreement, come into harmony with God's designs for life, we must agree with His thoughts. You cannot please God by constantly disagreeing with what he has said. Come on, there's some Christians, yeah, but Christians. Every time you read something from the Bible, they say, yeah, but. Yeah, but I don't feel like that. You know, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. Nobody asked you how you felt, honey. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Stop disagreeing with God. If you want help from him, start agreeing with him. Amen. Hallelujah. We should. God. God is never going to change his mind. So we must change ours. If you want to live a life that is pleasing to God, here's the first step. Change your mind. Be willing to change your thinking. We should never allow a thought in our minds that is not also in his. Man, it's really getting quite... We're not even Presbyterian. I think we're Roman Catholic now. Santos. We're really getting cold fast. I said we should never allow a thought, and of course... I wish I could stand here and say, yes, and I've always done that, but lightning might strike me. We should never allow a thought in our minds that is not also in His. Amen? In Isaiah 55, verse 8, the Bible says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. You see, if our thoughts matched God's thoughts, then our ways would line up with God's ways. Mm -hmm. In other words, we can't live right if we continually think wrong. It won't happen. Amen? So to please God, and that's what this is about, to please God requires a mind that is renewed with the Word of God requires a mind that is renewed with the word of God. Notice the scripture, Romans chapter eight, verse five. Romans eight, five. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. That tells me there are only two ways to live. For a Christian, there's only two ways to live. According to the flesh or according to the spirit. And the choice is yours. And it is a choice that we make every day. If we allow our fallen human nature to influence influence us, to sway us, the result will always be sin. That's for sure. That's a fact. And with sin comes also eventually misery, destruction, death. If we let the nature of God in our spirits have the upper hand The result will be holiness, a life that's pleasing to God. It might help you for me to say this there is a conflict in every believer. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 25 years or 25 minutes, there is a conflict in every Christian. Some people say, oh, no, that's not true. They've never read the Bible very carefully. Notice this scripture, Galatians 5.17. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. He's talking about the flesh versus the spirit or the flesh versus your own spirit. These, these two, flesh and spirit, are opposed, that means opposite, antagonistic, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. What that means is no matter what direction a child of God chooses, a part of Him resists it. If you don't know that, I'm so glad you're here this morning. I said no matter which direction a child of God chooses to take, I'm talking about your choices, a part of Him resists it. See, as a Christian, if I sin, my heart resents it. My flesh may say, oh, yeah, that's what I want uh, more. But my heart, my, my conscience troubles me. I'm bo- that's, why, that's why, in case you don't know it, see, you're not a sinner anymore. And you may think that I, I'm going to go back to that old lifestyle when I was just partying. and Ooh, you, know, you can't do that. You're not the same person you used to be. You used to just enjoy that, no problem. But you'll be miserable. Because your conscience will not allow it. You'll be troubled. However, when I choose to obey God, the flesh fights me every step of the way. It's time to pray. My heart says, get up and pray. My body says, let us just meditate horizontally some more. (laughs) Amen. So what does that mean? That means pleasing God is not always easy. See, I lost half the congregation right there. Some of you have already gone to lunch. Oh boy. I said pleasing God is not always the easiest thing to do. If it was, everybody would be doing it. That means there's a bit of a struggle. Some of you, maybe you struggled to come here this morning but thank God you're here. Amen. Amen. Some that that didn't come this morning will gladly come tonight. No struggle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the key to walking after the spirit or the flesh is the mind. The key to walking after that fallen human nature or f- walking after the nature of God in your heart is the mind. Your mind is the man in the middle. It's not the outward man, it's not the inward man, it's the man in the middle. Huh? And your flesh is pulling you away from God, pulling you away from the plan of God, the will of God. Your spirit is drawing you close but the mind casts the deciding vote. Are you listening to me? So that means pleasing God requires more than determination. It requires a different mindset. It requires a different... See, in other words, your New Year's resolution is not going to do it. This year, I'm going to just try harder. That's what you said in 2023 on January 1st. <laughs> that lasted not even until February 1st. It requires more than determination. It requires the right mindset. So in other words, to live a life that is pleasing to God requires the right nature and the right knowledge. Every believer has the nature of God in his spirit. See, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And and he's not just residing in you, he has changed your heart, given you eternal life, the life and the nature of God. Every believer has God's nature in his heart. But unless you have the right knowledge of God's word in your mind, you will not please God. That's why it's it's not enough just to get somebody born again and say, I'll see you in the rapture. They need to be taught the word of God. Can I get an amen now? Hallelujah. A renewed mind is not just a mind that has been biblically taught. It is a mindset mindset. They that are after the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. A renewed mind is not just a biblically educated mind. It is a mindset. It is a pattern, an established pattern of thinking. In other words, we need to train ourselves so that no matter what happens in life, the first thought in our mind is, what does God's word say about this? Now you have to know what the word says but more than that, you have to keep it in mind. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. So years ago, uh, I, Sister Rennie, I was in Kohima. Uh, in those days, sometimes I would go up. Well, I actually went up every Friday for, for a, a period of time there. And we had like a little Bible study. And I, and I was, uh, uh, at that moment, I was actually helping you know, lead praise and worship, just a, a handful of us there. And as we were just worshiping God, and those were sweet meetings, by the way, as we were just worshiping God, suddenly the Lord spoke to me. A voice, like somebody up behind me spoke it. And and I heard the voice say, I am pleased with you, but I would be more pleased if you kept your mind on me. Never forgot that. Amen? And I I think we're trying to Look right, but we forgot that it begins by thinking right. And that doesn't happen just because somebody prays for you. That doesn't happen just because you own a Bible and it's, on, it's decorating your coffee table. You'll have to be intentional. Because, you know, your, your mind stays renewed about as long as your hair stays combed for some of you you don't even have any hair I don't, I don't but anyways you're so so you know you're getting mind renewal for like less than 45 minutes or something this morning and then you'll go home and watch you know television for hours and hours and get your mind unrenewed because the world is not helping you to know what god's word says wouldn't it be nice if you turned on bbc and they said praise the lord it's december 31st Jesus is alive and well. His word is working mightily in those who believe. That would be wonderful. But, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. I don't think so. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Bill Johnson said this, pastor in uh, Bethel Church, California. He said, having a renewed mind is often not an issue of whether or not someone is going to heaven but of how much of heaven he or she wants in his or her life right now. Now, That's a good quote. That's a good quote. It's not a question of whether you're going to heaven. If you're saved, you're going to heaven. But if you want to experience more of heaven in your life, you're going to have to have a renewed mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got a few more things to say. I can see you're excited. Try to constrain yourself. Now notice, again, 1 Thessalonians 4.1, easy to read version. We taught you how to live in a way that will please God. He taught these people. Now it's interesting, in the book of Colossians, remember I quoted that to you? He prayed that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will so that you can live a life that is fully pleasing him. In the book of Colossians, he prayed for them because he had never been there. He says in the book of Colossians, I have never seen you face to face. So you can pray for people that you've never even met and you can pray for yourself. But for the people in Thessalonica, he taught them. And by the way, even in Colossians, the Colossae, he said, Now read this letter out loud and have others read it too. Pass it on to another church. Because even then, he's still teaching them. Hallelujah. So, believers need to be taught. Christians will remain unchristlike unless they are properly taught. And by the way, even though we have a Bible school, you should not have to enroll in Bible school to learn the basics of God's Word because every church should be a Bible school. I don't mean to be critical, but some churches, I don't know what they do for hour upon hour on Sunday morning, but it's not teaching God's Word. Woo-hoo. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise, the Praise the Lord! I'm gonna keep going. One translation says this, the the New American Bible Revised Edition, I think, says, we earnestly ask you and exhort you to to, to live a life that pleases God. We earnestly ask you and exhort you. To exhort means to to stir someone up with with passion. It means to strongly encourage. Uh, It is a call to action. In other words, Christians not only need sound teaching, they need passionate preaching. Because a lot of people, they know a lot, but they're not showing a lot. They need someone to fire them up. They need someone to remind them, to exhort them, to admonish them, come on, you're not gonna live like the devil anymore. You're not going back to Egypt ever again. You're moving forward into the promised land and God has invested too much in you to lose you. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. He is your helper. He's gonna help you live a life that pleases God, you know the word of God, the seed of his word has been planted in your heart, hallelujah, this year you're not gonna backslide, you're gonna frontslide. You're not going to get bitter. You're going to get better. You're not growing older and colder. You're going to get refired. Not retired, but refired. Hallelujah. You are going to walk in a way that brings honor to God. And there will be people in heaven that thank you for it. Anybody here today? I said, anybody here today? Notice. We earnestly ask you and exhort you as you have received from us, as we have taught you how to walk in a way that is pleasing to God. Then he says, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. I'm almost done. I don't need to look at the clock. I can just look on the front row. I'm almost done. (laughs) Just as you are doing, just as you are doing, That you do so more and more. See, you might think, why is Pastor John preaching this message to us? Because you're doing it, but you need to do it more and more. These people were doing well, but Paul urged them to do even better. And, And this week, as I was praying, as I was thinking about this, those words, those three words, more and more, just kept reverberating inside my soul more and more more and more more and more you see the Lord wants us you and me to move forward to progress to improve to press on toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus to pursue perfection which is found in him and to excel, to excel. Sometime in the distant future, you'll be able to look back on this day and see yourself. And it is my hope that on that day, you'll be able to say of yourself, I've come a long way. I've come a long way. Whew. I've come a long way. God has done a work in my life. I'm not, I'm not that person anymore. He has remolded me and reshaped me and renewed me. Amen. But sadly for some Christians, and of course they're not here this morning, but for some Christians it's not more and more, it's less and less. There are some Christians who can today look back on yesteryear and say of themselves, Ooh, I'll tell you what, in those days I was on fire for God. If that's what you're thinking, I would suggest you not say it out loud. Come on, there are some Christians who are always you know, looking back to those golden years oh I remember oh I remember back in 1978 oh the spirit of God was moving oh I'm telling you, I was just i tell you the, the power of God was in my life what happened oh back that's that's not good and here's something you need to know something here's something you need to know there's no room for spiritual pride among any of us You might be tempted to look across the aisle and see someone who's only been in this church for a short while compared to you. But may I remind you, it's not how you start the race that matters, it's how you finish. I said it's how you finish. While you're sitting there feeling nice and proud of yourself, they might overpass you. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Uh, Now, as you have received from us how to walk and to please God, just as you are doing that you do so more and more. The Greek language says this, that you would superabound, overflow, go above and beyond, exceed any set limits. Whew. Whew. Hmm. We're talking about living a life to please God, living a life that honors God, pursuing His will for your life. Now, in America... You know, Brother Kevin is here. You know, every, every American would know this. Sister Renny knows this as well. Jeppy knows this. You know, in America, every street has a posted speed limit, which uh, is, is written, expressed in miles per hour. So there's going to be a sign basically on pretty much every road in America, it'll say like 25. And that means 25 miles per hour is the limit. And of course, Typically, almost always, larger highways have higher speed limits, and then smaller roads have lower speed limits. And of course, if you exceed that limit, you always wondered where the police were. It's amazing, you know. Can't find a cop when you need one. Uh, you exceed the speed limit. The police, Jeppy says, the police in America are so tricky. They're in their vehicle and they hide behind a bush, you know, like this. <laughs> and you go, and suddenly they pull up, and they follow you. One time, me and Pastor Jeppy, yeah, we were, we attended a conference, Pastor's Conference, Pastor Kevin, Pastor's Conference. Wonderful, spiritual. Oh, we were so blessed. You know, impartation, word of God. And then the next morning, we left the hotel to go back to our home, which was oh, I don't know, five, six, seven-hour drive. And so the speed limit was like pretty high. Is in the state of West Virginia, not Virginia, West Virginia. There's Virginia, and then there's West Virginia. That's a two different things. Don't get confused, please. Was it? Ah, so in West Virginia. Where, you know, people marry their cousin and things like that. And w- <laughs> in, w- in West Virginia, the speed limit, she says, was 80. Eight zero miles per hour. Y- you have never seen a car moving that fast at Nagaland. And so we're moving, man. We're moving. And she says, I want to taste 90. <laughs> I've never heard that expression before. I want to taste 90. So we said, yeah, let's do it. Praise the Lord. You know, We've just come from the pastor's conference. Let's do it. So, you know, I, I, I floored that thing. Then we, we crossed the border into Virginia. That's God's country. That's where the Holy Ghost is. And the speed limit dropped down. I think it was like 65. But Jeppe is still in West Virginia. Said, come on, let's go, let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, let, let's come on, come on, step on it, step on it. So I, you know, like Abraham when Sarah said, sleep with Hagar, you know, I, oh, I just, you know, I, <laughs> oh boy, edit that from the video. And uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. But, uh, you know, so I just stepped on it and I'm going like 70, 80, 85. And then suddenly I look in the little rearview mirror and I see blue lights. It wasn't Christmas. as a police, and he came up, and he didn't congratulate me on breaking the sound barrier. He he gave me a a, a fine, and the fine was more than our hotel bill from the previous night. So the whole way home, after that experience, I was going, I want to taste 90. How does it taste? It tastes (laughs) kind of bitter to me right now. It tastes very bitter. So let that be a lesson for all you young people. <laughs> now, here's my point. Is there a point? Yes, there is. In our spiritual journey, usually it is not God who is slowing down our progress. He didn't post a speed limit for you, figuratively speaking. And he's certainly not going to arrest you and give you a ticket, pay a a fine because you're moving fast. It is the self-imposed limitations that are holding us back. We have erected these barriers. We have posted these speed limits in our life which God did not place. We pray this much, but not any more than that. We can worship God at this level, but we don't go beyond that. Hmm? We can give a measure of our time, our energy, and our resources, but nothing more. Hmm? We are dedicated up to a point. You know, there's nothing more embarrassing than to consider yourself sold out the whole route for Jesus only to meet someone who really is. We are dedicated up to a point because we have a comfortable Christianity your walk should make the devil nervous let's be honest most time that's not happening you know go to church sit there sing a song hear a message put a little something in the bucket and the devil says amen but you go beyond those limits you surpass those barriers Hallelujah. You give your all to Him. You go further than you've ever gone before. You know, the hour is late. It's high time. And nobody here is getting any younger. It is time to accelerate. It is time for you to switch it into high gear. It is time for you to get off that little dusty two-lane country road and get on God's superhighway. Because if you don't change... You're going to run out of time and you will not reach your destination. More and more. Do it more and more. I said do it more and more. If there are areas in our life that are not pleasing to God, let us have the courage to confront it and do an about face. He's merciful. In the areas where we are pleasing God, let's go forward Further and faster with greater intensity and focus. More and more of what is good in our life. Less and less of what is not. We can't be satisfied with pleasing God partially. Why not when we have the opportunity. When so much of his will has been made known to us. Why not please him fully. How would we feel On that last day, as we stand in the queue, and Jesus says to the person in front of us, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. You shall be ruler over much. Now it's your turn. And Jesus says, TK, next. Okay, yeah. Nobody's impressed. I, I don't want that. And I don't want that for you. Today, we stand on the threshold of a new year. And I believe in my heart that our attitude should not be this. I hope that 2024 brings good fortune with no trouble and everything goes well and all is nice. We should aim higher than that. I said, we should aim higher than that. Our aspirations for the next 12 months should be this. I want to grow like I've never grown before. I want to develop in areas of my life that have been dormant. I I want to see more of Christ's character in my life. Hallelujah. I want to be deepened. I want to be refined. I want to be proven. I want to be established. I want to be molded and shaped into a vessel for God's glory so that I can have more fruit, hallelujah, and be a greater blessing. Are you out there today? More and more. Say it with me. More and more. More and more. See, I would say this concerning most people here. You're doing well. Now do it more and more. Do it more and more. Hallelujah. More of God and less of us. And you can have more of him when he can have more of you. But know this in closing, there is no advancement, there is no improvement, there is no progress without change. For everything we gain, there is something we give up. If you want to live a life that's more pleasing to God, it will cost you something. There's a price tag. But I stand here today to tell you, It's worth it. It's worth it. There will be no regrets. Hallelujah. I don't want the people of Spirit of Faith Church to just be nice Christians. Good good folk. We have to aim higher than that. We have to aim much higher than that. We want to blaze. We want to burn for Christ. We want our life to shock the demons. We want our voice to reverberate throughout the land. We want our witness to pierce hardened hearts. We want to see signs and wonders and miracles for his glory. We want to not just go to heaven, but take a truckload of people with us when we go. But you cannot move forward if you are unwilling to let go of the past. Thank God for 2023. Maybe this was a hard year for you. I get it. Maybe like a lot of people, I'm sure glad that's over. Boy, whatever happens would have to be an improvement over what happened to me last year. I'm with you and I sympathize with you. But I wanna tell you something. Just a change in the calendar will not result in a change in your life. The first change is our thinking. Our thinking. I want to change my thoughts. That will change my actions. That will change my habit. And that will change my destiny. Because if you keep on doing what you've always done, you're gonna keep on having what you've always had. I don't know about you, but I want this coming year to be better. I want more of God.